As promised, we're here with Jean-Michel Jarre on the occasion of the uh, release of the new Oxygen album, which is marking the 40th anniversary of the first album. This is an auspicious day then, isn't it really? Yeah, I mean, it's actually, I'm not too much into uh, anniversaries. I mean, but uh, when I was uh, working on my uh, last album, Electronica, I, I, I wrote a piece of music and I said, wow, that, that could be, if I had to do Oxygen today, it would be probably, uh, it would be probably uh, sound like this. Yeah. And then I kept this track on the, on the side. And um, I said it could be fun to, to do uh, what I've done for the first one. I mean, locked in my studio for six weeks and doing an, an old project. And then I took as a pretext the 40th anniversary to say, okay, I have a deadline. Uh, why not taking six weeks and trying to uh, put me in that, that situation in a minimalist way with few instruments and uh, uh, trying to, to achieve a kind of a journey like the first one was uh, in days where we are zapping constantly on YouTube trying to get one minute of this, one minute of that. I mean, trying to, to, to invite the audience to, uh, for a kind of journey on 40 minutes with different parts like a small audio movie. And did it come back? Did it work? I mean, d did you find it came immediately or did we struggling for it? Because the world has changed so dramatically over those 40 years. You mentioned YouTube and, and Twitter and all the interruptions that weren't there 40 years ago. How hard was it? You know, it's very interesting what you're saying, because on one side, uh, we are interrupted constantly, but also we are able to, uh, uh, to watch uh, three episodes, uh, three, uh, three series, uh, three seasons of uh, Game of Thrones or True Detective in one weekend without hardly sleeping. So it, it proves that our relationship with um, uh, cultural content has changed. Uh, for the, uh, we, have, we can have a micro or macro approach to content. So it's the reason why I said it could be quite interesting uh, to, to explore the fact that I think after a while people are are fed up also of just zapping 30 seconds of this or that. Even, even, uh, even, uh, even teenagers, they are, they are also, you have a tendency today to, to come back to actually longer piece of music, especially in electronic music. Um, I was fascinated getting ready for this, looking back through bits of your life, and, and one thing that really stood out for me was that when you were starting music in 68, Paris was essentially burning, wasn't it? These were the Paris riots were on when you were in Mystere five were you aware of them did, did they feed into you kind of culturally yeah i mean you know it's uh, it's interesting because in uh, in 68 uh, it was the student revolution and we are basically rebelling about uh, everything and, and especially the establishment and uh, in music the establishment was the dogma of classical music and especially in paris and even the dog uh, uh, against the establishment of rock already mm. and uh, and for, for, for me, I mean, uh, suddenly discovering a kind of new approach of sounds and exploring music in a totally different way was the, 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 the perfect, uh, perfect rebellion uh, or rebellious attitude. And, uh, but beyond that, uh, obviously, I think that uh, there is in any kind of uh, uh, movement, and you know that in, 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 in Ireland, obviously, is actually you have always two sides in, uh, in, uh, historically in, uh, in musical movement. You have the hedonist side, mm -hmm. where you, we like to have fun and dancing and bumping until the end of the night. And also, there is maybe a more social aspect to any kind of uh, uh, music movement. It has been true with, uh, with protest songs in folk and rock. But 
and today electronic music being the major major movement of the uh, of the of, of of our times it's normal that also it may also express a kind of uh, it may express uh, some uh, uh, it's a reflection of the social context of that movement mm. it means it, it, it's a reason why for instance uh, lots of uh, people in the electronic music DJs are because they are also the, the internet is our tool on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, we are probably also more aware than anybody else about the, the danger or the risks of, uh, of uh, the big actors of the internet, what, what the, ambiguous, the ambiguous relationship we may have with technology also. Mm. I, I picked up too, talking to you in the previous interview, and I'm talking to members of Craftwork too, that there was a sense of wanting a, a unique and distinct European identity away from Brit British culture and away from European culture. Were, were you aware of that? Was that in your mind as well? Not consciously, but uh, maybe yes, actually, when, when we are talking about 68 and the revolution and also, I, I felt at the very early stage that, you know, America had the... Uh, John Fox told me from uh, Travox told me something very interesting. He said, "You know what? The first time I heard uh, uh, your music, uh, I was I was actually we were all, uh, in a sense, invaded, colonized by American American sound, and suddenly we discovered something that had nothing to do with America, and it was really uh, uh, faithful to our European roots. And uh, I felt that when I started that uh, actually." I loved rock and roll, and I, was, I used to play in rock bands, but I said, you know, being, being French, what I can do, I will, even, if, even if I'm working with talented musicians, it will be always a copy, not, nothing original, because they had the original one. You know, it's an ethnic music which inv invaded the world, I mean, the American pop and rock and all that. So, uh, and I felt that um, electronic music was faithful to my roots, to the roots of us Europeans, as, uh, as uh, uh, we are all, uh, our heritage is classical music, not mm -hmm. jazz or blues. I mean, jazz or blues obviously are part of our roots today, but uh, back in time, it was not necessarily the case. Historically, I mean, this long instrumental piece, as we said the other day, this long instrumental uh, piece of music that you have in electronic music without vocals are very are directly coming influenced by uh, classical music. Mm -hmm which you were perfectly set up for, really, because the, your, your training and your grounding was, was in classical music and, and piano. Um, but tell me a bit about the early synthesizers. What, what, were they very hard to play with, to, to use as instruments? What were they like? Yes, they are, you have to tame them, you know, they are like a stallion. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, you know, if you, if you take... A, uh, Fender, Strat, Stratocaster, or Les Paul Gibson from the late 50s. <laughs> they're, pre they're pretty difficult to, uh, to get uh, uh, to, to play with. I mean, it's, they are quite wild. Mm. And, and I think it's also uh, linked to the technology of that time also, where, where you, you can go very quickly out of, out of tune. And, uh, uh, but, you know, which is interesting on... I mean, as a paradox, is actually these instruments are still working today. Mm. I still have my, my, my synth in Dublin today. My first synth I bought in the late 60s on stage and it's still working. What's that one called? The, uh, the AKS VCS3 from uh, EMS. The first, actually, uh, it's, it's a very James Bond concept. It was a, a synthesizer in a kind of briefcase. 
and uh, I bought that in uh, in London, and uh, it was actually the first synthesizer I ever made, the first European synthesizer, much more modest than the yeah. the Moog. It was far too expensive for us anyway. <laughs> you you went in kind of 71 onwards towards 77, in many ways seems to be leading towards towards oxygen. But what was in your head? It is this period of six weeks, it is in your, uh, in your kitchen or something, the studio, isn't it? So what was in your head at that time? What were you trying to do? Actually, I was quite uh, obsessed by this idea of creating a bridge between classical music we are talking about, experimental music and pop. I mean, more ex actually experimental music and the melodic approach of pop music. I mean, as I mean, I think Irish people and French people, we have something in common. Is we we are, we are both considering that what which is the most important thing in music is the melody. Mm. And uh, and we have that uh, we have this approach and and for me I was uh, I I was really interested and intrigued by the fact of trying to use the uh, experimental approach of uh, doing sounds but also but integrating the melody in within this kind of uh, uh, maelstrom of uh, electronic gear. Were you prepared for what would happen next? Because um, in, in a very very short period of time. It's just gone around the world. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, which is uh, interesting is actually um, I, I've been so busy the past uh, three or four years because I actually uh, I realized suddenly that I'd done three new albums. The Electronica project was supposed to be one album, but everybody, every, all, all collaborators having said yes, I ended uh, it a bit like uh, Kill Bill 1 and Kill Bill 2, dividing this project in two parts. Electronica 1 and Electronica 2, and then I had this Oxygen album, the new Oxygen album. What, it was quite unexpected in my, in my mind. I, I, it's something that went in my mind maybe a, a year ago, mm. and everybody said, you're crazy, you're just finishing two albums, you're now mm. doing a, a third one. But you know, sometimes in life, I mean, it's not the life of an artist, I think it's not just a, mm. a straight line from A to B. Sometimes you, you don't feel even playing, and, and some other time you, you, you it goes like this, you know. It's uh, it's it's the beauty and also the um, uh, what makes what can makes you also um, uh, frightened in a sense. But you know, I, I always consider the music as an addiction. So you don't you don't control your addictions. No. How out of control though is it when you played some of the gigs you've done? Uh, 1.3 million people at some point. What is it like to be at the centre of that? There's 1.3 million people who want to talk to you after the gig. Um, it must be mind melting, is it? You know, the, I think that uh, all this project and, and uh, also what, what I'm doing um, in, in, uh, in Dublin uh, tonight, and I'm really looking forward for, for, for this gig because I love Ireland, I love Dublin for lots of different reasons. And, uh, uh, but actually, I always felt that I shouldn't be the center of mm. the, the music performance. It's like a symphonic orchestra. Okay, the conductor is the center mm. in a sense, but the, it's wider than that. And, and, and these days where uh, we can listen to, mu to music everywhere, if you get a ticket for, for a concert, it's actually because you have a visual expectation of mm. the artist you like, whatever this expectation could be. And uh, so I like the fact of, uh, for me, the, the, the music performance more and more has to be uh, has to be kind of audiovisual journey in which you, people can, I mean, taking people within these hard days, I mean, to try to invite them to a journey, an unexpected, surprising, uh, overwhelming journey in which I'm one of the elements. Right.
It's very modest. Um, I don't know. I, I, uh, thank you for saying it because sometimes people are saying, "Ah, oh, yes, you, you've done, you've done that." It's quite fairly megalomaniac, and I think it's exactly the reverse. I think it's much more megalomaniac to go just with your guitar, mm. with a spot on yourself in front of 200 people saying, "This is me," rather than being part of a global project. Mm. Like it's like, like making a movie in a sense. Mm. And, and I, and this this last uh, this this last tour, I really. Uh, I worked a lot on um, on the music with two musicians, uh, fantastic musicians. Where we are, we are three on stage. I mean, to try to push the boundaries of uh, of being able to interact together and all that uh, with uh, electronic mm. instruments. And sometimes it's difficult. So I, I worked on that, but also, and and I really tried to work about a total new stage design, a kind of 3D. 3D type of uh, approach where I've always been interested in music by, I mean, creating perspectives, creating kind of architecture of sounds mm. where you have, you know, like, like, like you have different layers. And I, I wanted to try to express this on a visual point of view. Mm. And I, when I draw the first ideas, I was not sure about what I was doing and if I was going to work. And first rehearsals, I mean, uh, when we rehearsed in Cardiff, uh, I mean, few <clears throat> few days ago, we were absolutely mind-blowing by uh, the, the late, mm. the, the last result. I mean, it's, it's really spectacular, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to share all this experience with um, the Irish audience tonight. Our reviews have been amazing. It sounds like uh, I heard reviews of the London shows. They sound off the clock. Um, it's, it's, it's like painting almost, isn't it? Yes, in, in a sense, I, you know, I always, when I was a student, uh, hesitating between, between um, painting and, and music. And, and by the end of the day, and especially today with, the, with all the um, softwares we have, I mean, doing visuals or doing music is, or sounds, sounds or, or visuals, is close, is going, getting closer and closer. I don't, I don't, uh, I wouldn't say that we can do everything, mm. but actually, the techniques are much closer than, than it was before one century ago. So, um, in a sense, I'm, I'm, it's quite an excitement to be able to, to mix both mm. for, for, for trying to create this kind of, um, as we were saying before uh, when we talked uh, last time, I mean, to try to create this kind of soundtrack mm. for the film or the story that the audience can create from yeah. the feeling they have from the music and from all the graphics. Very exciting. So, Electronic 1 and 2 are out and Oxygen uh, 3 yeah. now is about. Are you happy with how it's turned? How do you feel about it as, as you listen back to it? I have no idea. You know, it's like looking at you at, uh, uh, in the mirror. You don't know who you see, and uh, who, uh, this is very difficult. When, when, when I've done the music, I'm, I'm very anxious about the, the fact that people will take it mm. in the right way and will use it for them, so it doesn't belong to me anymore, in a sense. Mm. So uh, I, it's very difficult for me to have any kind of judgment of what I'm doing. Right. It's just, for me, it's just oxygen again, which I just find amazing. It's like there's a headspace you can go into, and it remains this project which is different to your other works. Um, I don't know if that makes sense to you, does it? No, absolutely, and, uh, and thank you for saying this, because this is a, a real positive uh, encouragement for me because after uh, Electronica I went into straight into this uh, oxygen project oxygen 3 project and obviously it's, it's a comp complete uh, complete different story uh, I I I mean the, the production of Electronica was much more massive because of the collaborators and, mm. and trip and journeys uh, where this one is more more minimalist 
in the fact that uh, I was just on my own uh, working in my studio as a, as a writer, almost a painter, as we were just saying before, and also with, with I forced myself also to work with uh, very few instruments, like I, I did the, the first time, but also uh, not trying to uh, do a kind of a vintage re re revisitation of anything, mm. but we are in 2016, so I said, what oxygen could be in 2016, using also some sounds of, of today, but keeping this kind of dogma of, um, of having uh, different parts, like chapters, different chapters of the same story. So this album is not uh, an album with, okay, you have seven tracks, mm -hmm. but it's not an album with few songs. It's uh, that, like the first one, an album that you can obviously listen yeah. part, part, by part, part by part, but it's like a book or a movie, I mean, it's, you, you I would like that you listen to it from A to Z. Beautiful. Um, you, you, will you get some time off in Dublin? I know you, your manager Fiona is Irish, so will she be taking you around the town and showing you some of the sights? I, um, I know Dublin for, for a long time when I was a student. I, I, I went here, when I even spent some time at Trinity College. Oh. I, I, I have lots of friends there. My, my, uh, my dad, Maurice Jard, did the Ryan's Daughter music in uh, close to Cork. So I went to visit uh, him when I was in my early 20s. So uh, it's it's a great. Uh, I love I love the I love Dublin. I love Ireland. It's uh, I always. Uh, it's very emotional for me, and also uh, I have no choice because my manager and friend is like a little sister. Fiona Cummins is from Dublin, and actually probably half of the uh, half of the, the audience tonight will be her family and friends. So <laughs> I have no choice. <laughs> Sharon, thank you very much. Enjoy the gig. Lovely meeting you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>